Hey, welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Christina. Here we're going to talk about all things OCD. If you've been enjoying this podcast so far, and if you'd like to work together, come check out my monthly membership called Mastering OCD and join a group of other people like yourself. You can go to www.coreresults.com forward slash membership. That's K-O-R results.com forward slash membership. And see you in there. Hi, and welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. So today I have Nathan Peterson, who's a licensed uh, social worker, and he specializes in OCD and anxiety disorders, and he's located in Allen, Texas. So welcome, Nathan. Hi, thank you so much for, for letting me be here, and I feel so honored to, to be on your podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I have to say, I actually been following you on Instagram, and I love all your YouTube videos, Um, And I see that also you've put a course together. So I thought it would be so awesome to talk to you. Um, And to really today, what I want to do is dive into a topic I saw recently that you posted about, but I also know people really struggle with it, um, which is real events and OCD and kind of unpack that for, for anybody listening. Like, what does that actually mean? How does OCD um, show up? Like if somebody actually has a real life event take place, like they have an argument with somebody or they have, um, you know, something that they did actually do, um, how can OCD come in and wreak havoc? Um, and what might be some common compulsions? So if that's okay, maybe we can start there. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I, when I first started this video, the, the real event OCD, I mean, it, my brain originally was like, you know, this is not going to be really big. I, people don't have this as often, but I was actually very, very surprised how often people were messaging me and sending me comments and saying, Oh, this is what I, I think I have. Like I, this thing from the past that, that I did, or this argument that I had, I just can't get out of my mind. And it's been 20 years or it's been 10 years. Like it's been a long time. Um, and it's more than just a memory. It's something that causes distress and anxiety in their life. And it's not something that they can get rid of or even figure out. And so it causes a lot of that distress of them trying to discover what is it that I'm supposed to learn from this experience. But often there isn't anything to learn sometimes 20 years later. And so it's, yeah, it's really tough. Well, I I guess I wanted to ask you, like, let's say if somebody, um, I'm assuming it'd be something like, let's say there is a, uh, let's say a disagreement, let's say different friends were spending time or it could be a partner, whoever, whoever is involved, but you have a disagreement, right? Um, And let's say, you know, okay, you've thought about it, you know, everybody kind of took their positions, maybe, maybe there isn't, let's say, a resolution per se. What would something like that, because sometimes those things can happen, right? So what would happen to somebody who has OCD? How would their OCD, how would they know um, that it's OCD that's starting to actually show up and latch on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I would look at thoughts that the person is having, like the thought that comes to their mind about that disagreement or argument, because that's pretty natural for us to think about it and to process it and to go through it. Um, but the part that I look at that might be OCD related would be that it's pretty consistent and persistent and there's that urgency right now to figure it out, to know, to find an answer of some kind. When 
it's not OCD. It's often just kind of a, a memory that might cause actually a little bit of distress, but it's not like I got to figure it out right now. And I, you know, I, people who struggle with this want to research on the internet and tell other people their story. And what do you think I'm okay? And should I apologize or what's the answer? And um, that's where a lot of the distressing part comes from. And so it, it is tough because it, it, brings in what's real, real life. What our brain is supposed to do is process the situation and learn from the experience. Um, but then it's mingled with the OCD where it just wants to loop around and around and around. And that's where people get stuck because often somebody can say, Hey, this disagreement that we had, like, I don't care. It does not matter to me whatsoever. I don't think about it ever. And, but that's not enough. And that's another thing that I look for when it comes to OCD is like, if you've gotten those verifications multiple times and you're still not feeling great about the answer and it's still roaming through your brain and you're feeling anxious about it, then it's possibly OCD that the person's struggling with. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think what I'm hearing you say also is kind of unpacking where is it that there's a normal kind of average human functioning of worrying or thinking about something or kind of going back and remembering an event and sounds like one of the features is when I do that you know it might be a memory but I, I'm basically moving on versus somebody else that with OCD brain like it gets sticky and they're not quite moving on and like you said it's paired with um, a lot of distress or anxiety or they're kind of looping back over it and even if let's say time has passed and it seems like everybody else moved on. Like that person seems to somehow still be stuck really. And they're still trying to figure it out. Like what happened or what they need to do or how to fix it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's obviously the, the natural process to it is if we made a mistake or if it was something, you know, it doesn't even have to be a mistake. It can just be anything from the past that comes back to our mind I mean, we're supposed to learn from every experience and our brain is actually designed to remember those negative experiences on purpose so we can learn from them and grow. Um, and when it comes to OCD, I find that people can learn from the experience, but then it just doesn't go away at that point. It doesn't turn into a memory like it normally would. That's where it gets sticky and uh, it can bring different feelings more than just anxiety. It can bring um, shame and guilt into somebody's life and a lot of thoughts even towards the future. Like if people knew this thing that happened or this argument that I had or this thing that I did, like what would they think of me? Um, and that's so hard because we'll probably not get that answer for every person in the entire world that will ever talk to you. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's interesting actually that you said that, yeah, you can have something take place and then even with OCD brain, I mean, you could, this, like, you still could learn from that event, but that it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't quite complete that kind of communication loop of then moving into the memory part of the brain function, basically, where it's, it's basically sounds like it's still kind of stays fresh. Mm -hmm. um, and you're basically reliving that moment, even though it's already been however long, months, weeks, years. Right. Yeah. Got it. Um, I think, you know, 
probably if I was listening right now, I would really want to know, what do you do about it? <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'd like to know generally, you know, from you, what would you, what would somebody do about it? Um, and then maybe if we can, well, let's just start there. What would somebody do about something like this? Yeah, it's well, really when I work with people, the first thing I, I talk about is, you know, we try not to use logic with it of like, this is fine. This doesn't matter anymore. This is 20 years ago. Instead, I do say like, is there anything you learned from the experience? And often, almost 100%, everyone says, yeah, I learned from that thing that I'll never do that again, or that I'm human, or, you know, they learn from that experience. And so then we say, we are no longer problem solving it, which, you know, I make it sound really easy, but it's not that easy that we use exposure and response prevention, where we essentially want to say, this thing that happened in the past it's on your brain all day long. It's already causing distress. So let's make it a benefit. Like let's do something with it more than it just roam around in there. And so we might create different exposures such as, you know, scripts. Those are big ones that I really like when it comes to past experiences where a script might be, we take the scenario or situation and we, we write it out. Um, and it, we, for me, I like it when people write out the scenario as if, as if it's happening like right now. Not what happened, not all the details they can't remember about it. It's actually like this happened and it's happening right now. And we put emotion in it and feeling and facial expressions and everything you can so that they can actually feel something from it. And we often might read that scenario but the whole part of exposure is the most important part is the response prevention. Mm -hmm. So how can we respond differently to this? Because every time that scenario comes back to your mind, you're kind of freaking out about it and you're trying to solve it that we need to change that response to say, instead of freaking out, let's actually maybe smile to the scenario or even if it was a horrible thing that happened or that you did and it feels awkward and weird to do, we might smile as we're reading this scenario of this thing that, that happened or this argument. And it, it, what it does is it starts telling the brain, like, you're supposed to be scared, and I don't know why you're not reacting this way. And if you're not, then maybe this isn't as big of a deal as I'm making this out to be. And so if you can keep responding as pretty much almost like you don't care in a way, um, but be dedicated to do that every time that thought comes, every time. Uh, and we use a lot of the uncertainty statements of, you know, maybe, maybe not. Like, what will people think in the future of me? Like, I don't know. They may or may not think I'm a weirdo or yeah. we're not trying to problem solve. Mm -hmm. And uh, we try to do these exposures, you know, in the moment when it comes. But then we also say, let's schedule some time out this hour every day, this time, every time, uh, you know, every time at night, it really bothers you. So we're going to just read that script. Or we're going to go back to that place that really triggered you. Or we try to find these things to say, let's revisit without problem solving and without reacting to it. And that's, yeah, that sounds that's great. Yeah, so you're basically retraining your brain to, to create new, those new associations with, with the fear thought and feeling and everything that it brings up. Um, yeah. So you're going to feel that discomfort, whatever that is. Like you said, it could be guilt, anxiety, embarrassment, shame, whatever. But that you'll just allow yourself to feel it. But like you said, I like that, that maybe you're smiling, though, outwardly, so that it's kind of like confusing your brain a little bit and, and retraining it that, yeah, this negative experience can be reassociated with 
something neutral or something completely opposite that would feel strange, um, mm -hmm. that it'll throw it off its course in terms of what the brain wants to do typically, which is suck you into, again, compulsively analyze like analysis paralysis and try to figure this out ad nauseum and recognizing that you're not getting anywhere with that other than losing your time. <laughs> right, right. And I, I, what I've kind of found with one of the biggest things with this is that people really have to dedicate themselves to it, that it can't be, I'm going to choose to do this at this time, but then I'll react the normal way I normally react over here. That it's really like every time I, I react as if this thing doesn't have value in my life. Because if I get that like shock reaction and I go play along with that, then that's, I'm just told my brain that's a big deal. And, you know, yes, one of the best parts. In the behavioral response, right? Like, so being clear what response you want to practice and then make sure you're consistently scheduling it in to kind of build that muscle out basically so that when it does, let's say, happen organically, um, you, can re you can remember more easily to switch into that response. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so I even have people, and it really sounds weird when I try to explain it, but I have people sometimes take that scenario that really bothers them. And they even use statements like, I sure hope that happens again. <laughs> um, I sure hope that really negative thing, I broke that person's window or I did that really you know, bad thing in the past. Like, I really hope that happens again. Like, I want to risk that that happens again. And of course, it's definitely not the thing they actually want, but it's another way to really kind of talk back to the OCD bully that says, like, you need to be scared of this. And instead, you're like, not only am I not scared, but I actually want it to happen again. Well, and let me ask you a question. Really weird. Interesting you say that because I, I do love that. I love that again, doing the opposite, right? Leaning into it. How can you, how can you instead of running exactly kind of fight back? Let's say somebody actually like they've had a couple of incidences where it's like, well, no, this stuff did happen again. Like I, I did kind of have a have a similar interaction or similar blowout or similar whatever it is. Um Right. So what would you respond to that? I'm just very curious. <laughs> yeah. I, a lot of the parts of, of being uncertain and not trying to figure it out means that we're accepting that anything can happen, that that scenario could happen again. Uh, the situation could happen again. That but I think let's, say, let's say it did actually happen in the past. Let's say that there were more than one incidents that it did actually happen. So then you would tell mm -hmm. somebody just to still sit with the fact that, hey, and it may happen again, yet again, maybe yeah yeah i mean it it might happen again um some people might use the uncertainty of it or they might literally accept and just agree with the thought of yeah i totally want that to happen again um that would be amazing if i had that experience again it would really like make my day and when they respond that way it it feels really uncomfortable and the first thing that comes to our brain is like that is so wrong you shouldn't be doing that but that's the OCD speaking that's saying you shouldn't do that because if you do that, I almost kind of think it, it knows it has to go away mm -hmm. when, when you're just not giving it that value anymore. Um, yeah. Well, it's like, if you try to push a thought away, especially in OCD, right. The more you try to push it, the, the stronger it actually, your urge becomes to figure it out because you, you feel even more like something's off or wrong versus right. you're learning to lean into it and say, let me actually, find different ways to entertain it, to embrace it, to allow it, to even pretend like I'm excited about it. Like, yeah, bring it on. What else do you have? What else? Give me more. Give me more. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, exactly. And what I find is each person is so different in what their experience is from the past. Um, and what I've kind of found is everyone I bring this concept to kind of think that they're different. That No, my scenario is different. I can't say that with what I did. Um, that's just too much. Uh, but what we find is like, we're not trying to put any value to this experience, to this one. doesn't matter if you broke a window or if you screamed at somebody or if you did something, you know, might've hit a pedestrian. Like, I don't know. It, it really could be some of those extreme things um, that, that cause some of that distress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And we try not to put any value into any of it because we're living life like right now in this moment. And we're in this room and like that is where we need to live. But these past experiences don't have value unless we put value to them. Yeah, that's actually another um, really poignant layer that you just brought up, which is mindfulness, right? Learning how to really bring yourself to the here and now, recognizing, yeah, maybe any one of those examples you just gave occurred and actually happened maybe multiple times. But the reality is I'm here right now in learning how to come back so you can actually re-engage with life and actually live. Um, And then, of course, the idea is bringing some of those lessons into kind of the next decision that you make, Um, right? Yeah, yeah. Mindfulness could be pretty helpful with this because when somebody is obsessing about this, they're either in the past or they're obsessing about the future. They're not often right here in the present. Mm -hmm. It's what does this mean because of this event that happened? Right. Um, That's where people can get really stuck. Yeah, that's actually great. So you gave a couple of strategies. I mean, obviously exposure response prevention, one is script script work. And then another, of course, is practicing, bringing yourself to the here and now. So yeah, I think those are great examples. You know, I love talking to people who specialize in OCD (laughs) because, you know, oftentimes not everybody else will understand that whole concept of having that bad thought on purpose or, or saying, yeah, I can't wait for it to happen again. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> it's a very different concept. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going to switch gears for a second because the other thing I know you have, like I mentioned in the beginning, is you have an online course that you created, which I think is awesome. Um, and so I wanted to ask you kind of what's your sense of who you think um, any kind of online work would benefit? Like what, what, who would that be a good fit for in terms of for um, somebody who has OCD? Maybe would it be um, somebody who loves somebody with OCD and wants to learn mm-hmm. how this works or kind of what yeah. was your sense of that? Yeah. Well, I, I originally created it because I started doing these videos on YouTube and I, I didn't know how it was going to go. And I started getting responses over and over and over again of like, help me essentially. Like I'm in India and I don't have any help and I'm here and I'm here. And I was like, I, I can't help you because we can only work in the States that we're licensed in. Right. And so this program, you know, it, it's more of, instead of a treatment course, it's more of like a learning course and it can benefit. I've had people who are therapists who've learned from, you know, to learn about OCD. I've also had parents who have taken this who are trying to learn for their own child or even spouses how can I help my my spouse through this Mm -hmm. Um, and of course those who struggle with OCD as well Um, because for me I I really thought about like what is the route I take with my clients you know session by session and that's exactly how I've outlined it in this in this course is like 
here's everything you need to know about OCD. Here's all the exposure and response prevention stuff, like how to actually do it. And then here's how to maintain your progress at the end to make sure that you can keep doing it. Because what we know is this isn't something you do and then you're just golden for life. Mm-hmm. It's a lifelong experience. Uh, but it's a lot of time right now to have a lot of relief later. Mm-hmm. And so it can so definitely benefit for, really anyone. If somebody has OCD, would it be good for somebody who maybe has had treatment already? Or even if they can't access treatment, it sounds like they could still get benefit by going through this training um, and be, really being able to have it like in their back, back pocket that they can always kind of go back to, review a module if they need and, and kind of have mm-hmm. it on the go. Yeah, I, I was actually very surprised by, you know, I've had people who who are going through the course who have OCD, they don't have a therapist, but also those who actually do have a specialist. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't expect that, but it's something they say, um, you know, it's good to watch your videos and to use your worksheets so that, you know, I can go, go back to something when I've kind of forgotten the concept, for instance. And, and that's kind of the, the point of the course is like, you know, our brains are pretty short term, and so for us to go back and remember, oh, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do, uh, I've found is really helpful for, you know, really anybody who struggles with OCD. Um, for me, I prefer people to have a therapist, actually, because they can really guide them specifically with what they're going through. Um, and so my course can be there kind of as a supplemental thing. Um, or if they don't have a specialist in their area, it's definitely that's, that's what it's made for. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, I think globally, there's, you know, a lot of people who have OCD who don't know or can't access, you know, specialists or can't afford it and so on. So, I mean, I love um, seeing solutions like this to continue to help people globally um, have access. And also, you know, like what you hit on is adult, as adult learners, we do forget things. And so, you know, being able to go back and review a concept or, re-listen again to a training module or look at the worksheet again. I mean, I think there's so much benefit to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nathan. I really appreciate your time. And I, um, yeah. How can people find you if they're looking for you? Yeah. Well, my, my counseling practice is in located in Texas. So Allen, Texas, uh, the website is OCD and anxiety counseling.com. Um, the course, if you're interested in that, is ocdandanxietyonline.com. Beautiful. And, I'll include those, yeah. of course, in the show notes. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Nathan. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to OCD Whisper Podcast. If you want ongoing support with live weekly Q&A calls to address your questions about OCD and get topic trainings, please join my membership, Mastering OCD. Go to www.coreresults.com forward slash membership. That's K-O-R results.com forward slash membership.